0: to our quarters listening to the adults letting loose mummy played the piano for daddy to sing the road to Mandalay and then both of them silenced the babble with if you were the only girl in the world and I were the only boy nothing else would matter in this world today We would go on loving in the same old way. A garden of Eden just made for two, with nothing to mar our joy. I would say such wonderful things to you. There would be such wonderful things to do. If you were the only girl in the world, and I was the only boy. I, too, entertained the customers. Fired by my sister's triumph in Rainbow, I regularly performed the whole of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, playing all the roles to the captive audience of women hoping for a quiet port and lemon in the ladies' bar. 27th of January, 2001 Remembering John's addiction to Sondime Sweeney Todd when I was in it at Drury Lane, and wondering if he might enjoy a break from telecoppers and lawyers, I played a Captain Hook number while he was in earshot. It's good, funny, scary. You could do that. Nah. But he twinkled a bit. My first school was St. Ethelreda's convent in Ely Place in Holborn. I'm not a Catholic, yet I learnt my catechism and all the rules and regulations like a good little child of the faith. There was plenty for the nuns to pray for. Alarming things were happening in Hitler's Germany. In 1932, Broadcasting House had opened its impressive new quarters in Langham Place. Inside was a mural declaring, Nation shall speak peace unto nation. The message eluded Adolf Hitler. In 1933, the year of my birth, he became Chancellor of Germany. His spin doctor Goebbels took over the airwaves. His message was not one of peace. Ethnic cleansing had begun, Dachau had opened, Jewish shops were being boycotted, and rumours of a programme of sterilisation of disabled people in Germany were circulating. Closer to home, there were fascist rallies in London led by Mosley, vigorously opposed by some of our friends and neighbours. My family history is a bit vague, but there were several related coins that we visited in Lewisham and a photo of a portrait of a crinolined woman who I was told was a relative called Madame Louisa Octavia Zurchost. She reputedly fled Prussia from an earlier pogrom. My mother lost a Polish fiancé in 1917, and both my parents had their youth blighted by the horrors of that war to end wars. The signs of more trouble from Germany must have alarmed them. 29th of January 2001. A gentleman called Mohammed Wali, the Taliban religious police minister, has forced Hindus in Afghanistan to wear labels. Oh dear. Life in King's Cross for a child innocent of Jarrow marches and nasty Nazis was bliss. Every Sunday morning I donned my best dress with matching apron made by my mum and collected a pint of Winkles and shrimps for our tea from the barrow on the corner. I laboriously took off all the hard brown lids with my pin and then twisted the grey morsels from their shells, competing with my dad to get a Winkle out intact. On Sunday afternoon there was the wall's ice-cream man, ringing the bell on his tricycle with a square box in front full of goodies. The lip-licking choice between a triangular water ice, a small drum wrapped in paper to peel and put in a cone, or a wrapped flat brick with a couple of wafers to make a sandwich was a very serious matter. Food seems to feature prominently in my memories— and probably accounts for the somewhat chubby child in the very few photos I have of myself then, and for my father's nickname for me, Bumface. When I got older and thinner, Bumface alternated with the then more accurate nickname Skinny Lizzie," or mysteriously "Lizzie Dripping. My parents worked long hours— When the pub was closed, my mum cleaned, washed glasses and prepared bar snacks, and Dad did his complicated work among the wooden barrels in the dank cellar. It involved thermometers and little brass buckets for slops, and quite a bit of tasting. Up in the bar, too, Dad began to respond more often in the affirmative to Have one yourself, Rick. Often he would make it a short Eventually, he or the brewery, or more likely my mum, decided he should try another career. In 1938, they left the pub life and moved to the suburbs. 31st of January Today, John was persuaded to go over a couple of numbers with the musical team for Peter Pan. He was, of course, sensational. The bastard. Is there nothing he can't do when he sets his mind to it? The result is he's going to offer the world, or leastways Radio 3, his all-singing, all-dancing Captain Hook. After the rough and tumble of King's Cross, Bexley Heath in Kent seemed dreadfully dull. My parents thought it was a step up to have a home separate from their work, which they were buying on the Never-Never. Everyone's ambition was to have a detached house, and we were on our way with a semi a long line of identical pebble-dashed two-beds box-room-bathroom and great luxury separate loo upstairs and two rooms and kitchenette downstairs. In the garden was a shed, where I helped my dad make and repair broken furniture, holding planks of wood in the clamp while he sawed them and stirring the glue bubbling in the black iron pot. Maybe the fumes from it contributed to my elation. I was barred from the shed before Christmas when Dad did secret things there. The anticipation was thrilling as he sneaked furtively out of the shed and made a great show of locking the door. As well as the apple and orange in my sock, I would find at the foot of my bed a jewel box or a wooden puppet and one extra specially exciting year, a sewing box on legs lined with quilted pink satin left over from their newly made eiderdown and equipped with needles, cottons, and a thimble and scissors, just like mums. All the houses in Latham Road had identical gardens back and front, and there were, very much admired this, little sticks along the pavement that would grow into cherry trees. We had definitely gone up in the world, we left behind a life of beer and skittles, or, in the case of the carpenter's arm, shove-haveney and darts, and became lower-middle class. Dad got a job at the Vickers factory in Crayford, and Mum worked in a family-owned store called Mitchell's of Erith. It was a sedate emporium where my enterprising mother worked her way up from gloves through lingerie to setting up a little café and theatre booking office in the shop. In their free time my parents set about transforming the house to show they were not going to be swallowed up into conformity. I aided my father in building a mini Tivoli Gardens in front of the house using an antique stone bird bath as a centerpiece. He and I nicked it by dead of night from a derelict house, a provenance my father was never quite comfortable with. The garden had irregular flowerbeds and a sunken crazy paved area. My profound love and respect for my father was consolidated creating that eccentric garden. Years later, I discovered some soulless fool had demolished it to provide a concrete stand for his Ford Escort. February the 1st. Took delivery of my Jaguar XKR in advance of my birthday. I've christened her Mavis to stop her getting above herself. Went for a trial run. There she goes. "'Yes, all right, calm down, dear, take it easy.' "'But he was beaming. "'He loves giving presents. "'Our piano had come with us from the pub, "'and family gatherings always ended with a sing-song. "'Dad often gave us his ridici-pagliacci, "'reducing us and himself to tears.' then a rousing chorus of his version of the riff chorus from the desert song. Ho, shall we sing as we are riding ho? Now it's time you best be hiding low. It means the ricks are aboard. Go,